RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Bauer Hour. I am your returning host, Tim Loy, uh, conspicuous by my absence last week. Thanks to Greg Hopkins for sitting in and uh, driving the ship last week. But uh, we're back in the saddle this week. I've got my co-host Justin Watson with me. Justin, what's happening, man? Uh, not too much, man. Just uh, living the regular life while we got some downtime between fights here. Good to have you back, man. Yeah, glad to be back for sure. Uh, of course, we are coming on. Off of a uh, Bellator 222, we saw our uh, our very own Taylor Turner victorious Bellator 222 over Heather Hardy. We're going to talk to her to kick this thing off, actually. And uh, then when we come back, we will discuss uh, the Contender Series as well as the upcoming UFC Greenville card. But without further ado, let's get to our guest. All right, on the line, I am pleased to be joined by the victorious Taylor Turner coming off a big win over Heather Hardy at Bellator 222 this past weekend in Madison Square Garden. Taylor, thank you for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to to talk to me afterwards. I'm, I'm still, still reeling from it all. It is. Uh, it was certainly, uh, you know, an awesome night. A, a big card. You know, that was one of the what uh, they call the, uh, you know, the tentpole shows uh, for for Bellator. They're not, uh, you know, regionally uh, matched per se. They're they're definitely uh, more of a, you know, a worldwide kind of uh, kind of card. And so, uh, definitely an honor to even be on a card like that, especially in in the mecca of sports, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about uh, talk a little bit about it. You know, just to, we'll fill in our listeners, those that don't know, Taylor uh, pulled off a TKO uh, by referee stoppage. Uh, I think there was probably about a minute to go, give or take, in the first round. Uh, very dominant performance, uh, honestly. And you know, uh, as soon as they as soon as they clinched up, uh, it was it was obvious at that point that Taylor uh, it, it was about to go into her world. And so uh, Taylor managed to get it to the ground. Uh, you know, a transition from the back and into the mount and uh, rained down punches until referee uh, Blake Grice had no choice but to stop the fight and uh, and also uh, slow down the hype train behind one Heather Hardy, who is you know a world boxing champion. I, I believe she's somewhere. You know, I could be wrong, but like 22, 24 and 0 uh, in professional boxing. So uh, yeah, just talk a little bit about the fight and uh you know how it went did it go how you how you expected it to go uh or were you uh, prepared uh you know was it was it something where you you know it's obvious that she's got good hands being a boxer uh so it doesn't take you know a genius to say you know we want to get the fight to the ground but uh was this one something where you really worked more on uh you know getting the fight to the ground where you wanted it or were you really working striking as well just in case you had you know to, to be there you know, we thankfully my coach has watched tons of, of video and all that stuff, you know, and my husband, Eric Turner, he's um, obviously I'm a big fan of his. So, you know, not to sound biased, but he does a great job of watching film ahead of time and coming up with a, a big game plan. So, yes, it was no shock surprise that she wanted to take my head off. And, you know, I think she was 25 and 0 in the boxing world, to be honest, and, and you know, two and one in the MMA and the people that she beat, she rocked pretty hard. Um, you know, and used her boxing really well. So we were prepared for that. We worked a lot on on just keeping that distance and using my range a lot more. And, you know, I, to be honest though, I mean, we, this fight kind of pushed that 
um, point a little bit harder. But over the past couple of years that I've just been developing my skills all the way around, that's one thing that, that Eric has been working on me with is being able to use my range better. Um, that's one thing that I've kind of flexed. So we've worked on it over the years and this is just an opportunity to be able to be like, okay, let's push home, see what we're doing. Can we keep our hands up? Can we, you know, move forward and, and throw those kicks and everything. So um, it was an opportunity for me to do that. Now going into the fight, clearly I think they wanted to feed me to her. I mean, she was, you know, so great and, you know, a lot of hype about her and, and she really is a great fighter and an awesome individual. So I can see why they want to bring her along, but I really am a good MMA fighter and I have been for a while and I just had to work on kind of getting over some of that, that cage fright that I experienced for a little while. So um, thankfully I've had an opportunity to fight a bunch this past year, to, you know, compared to most. And so when I got in there, I was, this was just home and it, I was, I was really ready for it. Um, and then, yeah, I just, we practice our game plan so much of keep my hand up and let's try to get a kick in there and close that, or, you know, either keep her at range or make her come forward. Um, to close that distance, and and she did. I don't think she liked. They didn't quite get to her head because uh, she came in real hard, but they got her in the body a couple times, and you could tell she didn't really like that. So she did close the distance, and once it got there, that is more of my wheelhouse in my world. Um, you know, we are um, in my gym, Knox Martial Arts Academy. We've always emphasized MMA for everything we do: wrestling, MMA, boxing, MMA, jujitsu, MMA. So. Once you kind of close that distance, I've been working really hard on just, uh, you know, keeping control and, and grinding a little bit. And I made a couple little mistakes in it, but where that was way more of my strength than hers, I capitalized on it really well and got maintained control. And, you know, once I get on top of you, I mean, my length and, and um, my training and stuff, I really practice having that, that pace and that, that just patience to get there. And it's hard to get me off you. I'm not going to lie. So this is just another example of, of me being able to practice my patience and control and not let everything get into my head, all the hype about her. And, and it was just amazing. So I'm very grateful for it. Well, you know, you, you kind of touched on something there and it, uh, even though you used, you know, your ground skills ultimately to finish this fight, it is still kind of a testament to, to your stand up because you put her in one of those catch 22 situations, you know, it's a dang, if you do dang, if you don't, she's the striker, you, you ultimately want to get it to the ground at the end of the day, but you're able to utilize that length enough to where you forced her to collapse the pocket. You made her engage into where now you can clinch. Now you can get into where you want it to be. So, you know, those yeah. are little things that go, that go overlooked sometimes. Well, and you know, I, I never believe in what might've been. And I really do think everything led me up to this moment. And my first pro loss was a good boxer who's actually in Bellator right now. I mean, and she did just that. She kind of got in the pocket like a good boxer does and was able to um, outstrike me there. And so because of that and that time, I've, you know, learned over the years and, and different lessons that I was just so ready for this one that I was like, okay, I've got to not wait for them to rush me, you know, or I got to be ready for them to rush me, I should say, um, and, and be ready to strike right away, but not play their game at the same time, which really is a finesse. I'm not necessarily super explosive right off the bat. Um, but I can go forever. And that is one thing everybody says about me. Um, but people like to rush me and try to close that distance. And so we worked really hard on that. And so I was able to, you know, be like, okay, you're going to close. You're going to come in. You're in my range. I'm going to make you want to wrestle. I'm going to make you want to not yes. be where I can touch you. So, so that, that was part of our plan when we worked and it worked well. Well, that, and that's attributed, that's high fight IQ, which is often a thing that is not, it's an intangible that is not uh, often calculated into the outcome of things, you know? 
being oh, able to kind of think think outside the uh, you know outside the situation as you're in it you know and make and make those kind of calls that's you know cage generalship. Oh, very true. And and you know you, I, the way you use that that term fight IQ, I think is overlooked by a lot of people. So I really appreciate you bringing that up because it you think you have it sometimes. You're like, yeah, you just go in there and you do your skills. That that's not fight IQ. Right. It's, it's not the same thing as being able to maintain your game plan and your pace and and what you're supposed to do. And I've been guilty in the past of falling into somebody else's game plan and it doesn't work out well. And, you know, even in that there's, you know, there's always criticisms online and afterwards they're like, Oh, she, you know, hit soft or um, should have gone for this choke and stuff. But my plan was to maintain control. And when you have somebody, she didn't give up for a second bucking and trying to get me off and, and fighting. So being able to not jump at the first thing you see because it's tempting and be able to like, wait a second, hold on. I, I have to maintain my position and I need to wear her out first because she might get back up because we might lose. And I need to to do that. So, and if you get too high on them, you know, they'll buck you off if you get too those deep. So, uh, and wearing yourself out with just hard punches, left, right, left, right. I've done that in the past. So there's a, there's a, a balance between like, okay, we're off here. I'm punching, I'm working. They're not doing anything. And like, okay, couple hard shots and then don't wear yourself out and a couple hard shots. So I appreciate you saying the fight IQ because I've, I've worked on that and it's lessons I've learned in the past that I got to showcase on, on the site. So, um, critic, critic, uh, criticism is out there, but I, I really am proud of, of the way I was able to stay focused on our game plan. And, and I and I'll uh, you know I told you this in a message uh, you know afterward myself and my wife are outside on the patio watching this going nuts I'm sure our I'm sure our neighbors are just like what are these mad people doing <laughs> but uh, you know there were many times where you know it looked like you were going to isolate an arm or you're going to go for a choke and she was going to maybe give it to you uh, you know and I was like don't do that don't go for that and not saying that you couldn't get it but if you didn't get it then now all of a sudden there's a scramble and maybe she gets up and it's like if you just stay on top just keep hitting her blade's going to stop it soon enough and so uh, there was a couple times that I thought you were going to you were going to go off for the sub you'd isolate something and then you'd go back to you know and then again that's kind of being able to think through that moment so uh, props to you uh you know that was that was certainly uh you know and uh, an awesome performance and I, and I couldn't be happier for you thank you so much I know you guys are I mean even for you to believe in me in the, the first place to be able to take the call and say I know it's a you know it's a it's a gamble in a, in a way but you had enough faith in me to see my progression over these years through valor and what I've been doing to say I think we can take it I think you know we can we can put up a good fight and and even come out with a victory, and, and we did. Um, and, you know, like you had said, there was a lot of people like, oh, you should have gone for this mission, done this. But ahead of time, my coach, you know, Eric, and everything he said, he's like, she is not going to tap. You, she is a gamer. She's from the Bronx. She's yeah. fight tough. You know, she's, she's seasoned. She's not going to tap. So you've got to either put her out cold or just maintain it. And so especially being the first round where I was dominating so well, I was like, okay, I could try for the submission, but at the moment, I want to wear her out. I need to take her pop out. And, you know, obviously with a boxer, that's a big part of their, their game is to have that pop with their legs. So in my mind, I was thinking about what, what Eric had said, like, there's a submission, you can go for it. But in first round, let's maintain control. Let's get that and wear her out. And that was my game plan. So, But, but I do, I mean, the love that I felt from across Knoxville, especially with the world, and you know, it just it it. I thank everybody who's followed me on this journey at Faith in Me, especially you guys for giving me this shot. So, so thank you so much. 
It was, uh, it was, it was certainly, uh, certainly inspiring to watch. You know, we talked a lot about the fight. I'm going to hand it over to Justin here to talk a little bit more about like the experience of it all. Awesome. Hey, Justin. Hey, Taylor. Man, congratulations on just a spectacular performance. You know, we hear a lot Thank of times you. about uh, people getting these opportunities and turning it down. You know, because um, they they just can't handle the pressure or whatever it is. And, you know, you didn't think about it. You just, you took it and, you know, you, I'm sure there were nerves, but the smile on your face in the cage, you know, it was just like, just like any time that you see, you know, you're, you got a great attitude and um, just enjoying the situation and, you know, you didn't no, let it get to you. You, you, you fall great. So um, congratulations on that. Um, talk to us a little bit about just the differences, you know, you've been around forever and, and with Eric, and you've been in some of the some of the worst venues, I'm sure, you know, all the way up to, to Madison Square Garden and being at the big show, you know, and next to, you know, names like Chel Sonnen and, and oh, the yeah, likes. crazy. Yeah, so I mean, she kind of tell us, you know, you know, I've, I've been, in, you know, I fought most of my most of my stuff was was with Valor, so you know, I'm pretty lucky to have um, to have gotten a, a good promotion for the most part, but I have fought for other promotions that were you know just just some of the wildest things going on um so just tell us you know some of the some of the big differences there yeah so well you know right before i left probably like from my last training session at, at kma um we got off the mat and i went up to vince I was like hey vince like i really have a question because you know your weight cuts going on you're tired you're depleted there's nerves and i try to ignore the internet but when i do I did, you know, so many interviews in a day when people are constantly like, by the way, you, you are such an underdog. And you're like, yes, I am. But it's like a constant reminder. And at some point you're like, man, I really am. Like, hey, they don't really expect me to do anything. And so it kind of got to me a little bit before. And I asked Vince, I was like, Vince, what's your advice? And, you know, and then his big thing to me was like, you know, like Eric has been saying, it is another walk to another venue. And just remember, take that in and, remember to play your game, you know, we, he tells all the time, you know, he's like, who can keep up with you after three minutes of, of running or doing the stuff? And I'm like, well, not many people. And he's like, exactly. So follow that. So I relied on certain like anchors as I was getting there because it really was an awesome experience to, you know, get picked up at the airport by a little black V, you know, SUV and driven <laughs> to the nice hotel and all that stuff. But I do laugh um, when we got our, our, you know, media schedules for the day, for the week and everything me, it was like, you know, Tuesday, you know, Taylor Turner, uh, photos at 5.30 and then nothing else the rest of the week. And then it was, you, you see everybody's on, on the, the media sheet, you know, like, you know, Chael Sonnen this and blah, blah, blah. And Heather Hardy, she's got photos here and pictures here and whatever. And I, you know, I just laughed because it was kind of like, oh, I really am like being overlooked or, or whatever. And that kind of helped almost in some ways, um, you know, depending on how I interpret it at the moment, but we worked a lot of being able to, to turn it around. Um, but you know, when we walked over to Madison Square Garden, just around it, we stayed right after it and I just would look at it. I'm like, you know, win, lose, draw, whatever. I, I never even had put it on my bucket list to think that I could even be here. Um, you know, I had an upside down record and had quite a couple of years of loss and I'm older in the game. And finally I was getting everything back under my feet and feeling good again. I was like, you know what, but I love fighting for Valor. I'm so excited to be here. This would be my career. And things like as soon as they... I got comfortable with, with why I was doing it again. And with myself again, like that's exactly when the big stage called. So I, I believe it was providential. And so seeing that big stage was just a reminder to me of all the hard work that got me there. But at the end of the day, as long as I go out there and walk out, even if I got knocked out in the first couple of seconds, I still would be a fighter at Madison Square Garden with the top of them. So 
that was like, yes, we're going to do this. And I'm just so happy. And that kept me going. But, but it, I mean, it, it was overwhelming at times. And thanks, I have a good team to calm me down and say, okay, focus, you know, turn those nerves into the positives and, and go there. So I, I couldn't have done it without my team and the people that were behind me the whole time. So, but it was amazing. It's indescribable, really. It's the craziest thing just to think, you know, I don't know. I mean, like I would, I would take an opportunity like that in a heartbeat and jump on it, you know, just because it would, it's not, you're never going to get it again, you know, for, yeah. you know, that, that, that kind of thing just comes once in a lifetime. And, um, to see somebody who's, you know, just as, as hungry and, um, you know, jumping on opportunities and then, you know, you got out there and, and shined. I mean, once it got to the ground, she, she had no answer at all. Like it was, yeah. it was very obvious that she was overmatched and, uh, Man, it was just, it was something special to see. I just want to say congratulations again. That means the world to me, honestly. And anytime, any, like, I hope going forward, if there's anything I can get from it, I mean, if I never win again, which obviously I hope to fight a ton, I've been asking Eric today, like, don't recall what, what's next, but I'm so excited. But if I never do, I mean, just to show people, like, don't give up because you have a couple losses. Don't give up because the internet says you suck. Don't give up because you're rated last. I mean, I went from being the biggest prospect in my gym at one point, you know, I was the only female to like the one with the worst record. And so as long as you want to do it, do it. So I hope if, if I can do anything with it is just have, obviously have the pictures and the memories because they're good photographers and it makes me look good, but also to inspire other people. Like, you know, as long as you want to do it, do it. Don't listen to anybody out there. So I, I honestly, I wish I could express how much it means to me to hear you guys congratulate me and, and say how proud I made our area and, and the people here. So thank you very much. You're absolutely an inspiration and uh, it's an honor oh. for us just, just getting to know you and, and seeing, seeing your career evolve. Oh, thank you. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> so Taylor, you know, I, I, after the fight, uh, Rich Chow, uh, he texted me, said, uh, TT taking care of business, you know, that's certainly <laughs> encouraging. Uh, you know, uh, I would have to imagine that you were going to get another shot with Bellator here before long, and it's probably not going to get any easier, uh, you know, yeah. so, um, you know, this has got to be a good uh, jump start, you know, to hopefully a nice run for you uh, there with Bellator. They've got a, a good, you know, tough crop of uh, flyweight females out there to, to, to give you lots of good fights for sure, uh, you know, and uh, you've got some teammates with a lot of fights coming up, obviously with Valor, but then, uh, but then Channing Young uh, has or has got her fight coming up on the Contender Series. Uh, of course, she was out there with you cornering uh, this past weekend. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about uh, you know some of your teammates' fights coming up and some of those ladies that have helped you prepare. I mean, it's got you know having to train with Channing Young, who is you know they call her the Shanimal for a reason. Uh, that has to you know if you can survive in there, it, <laughs> I would have to imagine. <laughs> It's going to be really hard to uh, at least intimidate you, you know, and I, and I say that also uh, to say this, you know, uh, in, in female fights, records can be the most deceiving of all, because like you said, uh, you know, when you first turned pro, you were one of the only female pros out there. You're a hyped prospect. But that said, when there's not that many female pros out there, you're into the lines then right off the rip because there's just not that many options. You have to take fights where you can get them. So, I mean, if yeah. you look at your, your strength of schedule, if you will, uh, it's solid. You know, you fought a, uh, you know, a laundry list of uh, top fighters, you know, and so it's not like uh, it's not uh, like a lot of the uh, uh, the men's fighters, uh, not saying that all men's fighters or uh, records are not deceiving or whatever, but but with ladies, it can be a little bit different. 
Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely agree on that one. Like you, I mean, you said it yourself, there's not as many. And that's just the sport for women is growing. Um, and thankfully it is. And I, I feel like it's, it's growing exponentially, you know, now from even five years ago or two years ago, how many options there are and a lot more. And we're very thankful. And, you know, that's with promotions like Ballard and people who are trying to put on more shows and do it for people. It, it helps. Um, but you know, to kind of go back to your first question, working with Shanna and um, Shanna Young and Chris Ricker were two of the, the people that I trained with most. They're in the 125 division, you know, as well. And so they're a good size for me to, to practice on and everything and, and vice versa. But um, both of them have been crucial in helping me push forward. And, and one of the things that we've worked on in our gym and we've been very blessed with because we have so many people is that level of okay, don't be an a-hole, you know, and hurt your partners, but push your partners because you're not doing any favors by being too easy either. And I'd say one thing Shanna brought from day one, I remember the first day she came down to our gym, you know, that she'd moved down here and was going to train and Eric kind of put us in the ring together and we we're going, just kind of easy at each other. And she just threw a head kick and it wasn't anything super hard, but I was just like, what? She just kicked me in the head. Like, who does that? But we became friends shortly after because she was like, yeah, we fight. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't have to be too nice. And, and we find that level. And she's always been like, you need to work on, you know, angrier music and, and all this kind of stuff. And she's definitely made me meaner in, in a positive way and called me out on that. So, and, and she's helped it a lot at our gym for those reasons. Um, and then Chris Ricker, I mean, she only knows how to go for it. So, you know, she was a really good one to practice. Like she's tough, she's strong and she just goes forward. And, and, you know, she's, becoming very technical with all of her stuff as well. So she's, they're both very good and different um, 125ers to, to get to practice with. They offer different strengths. And so I, I feel like they are huge um, and very crucial in my success of this past fight, getting to be with them. But yeah, I mean, it is really cool to be able to go down to KMA and train with so many men and women um, of all different sizes and all different talents and everything. And so you really do have the options to, to see what strengths are. You know, if somebody's more of a wrestler, they're going to put you with Carmen or this person. If they're more of a striker, they're going to put you with somebody else, you know? And um, so we have those options a lot, but no, I, I couldn't have done it without them. And, and I'm very blessed now that the tides have turned and I get to, to be part of Shanna and help her, you know, and see her succeed in the UFC, the next level. I mean, she's belonged there for a long time in my opinion, but you know, that's worth whatever it is. And here she gets her chance. So she'll get to prove it. No doubt. Well, Taylor, we appreciate you taking some time with us tonight. Uh, before we let you go, I want to let you give some uh, shout outs where they're due, uh, sponsors, training partners, any sort of uh, uh, love you want to throw out. And also where our listeners can follow you on social media and keep up with uh, what's going on. Fantastic. Well, and I won't go through my whole laundry list. I'm very blessed with all of my supporters and um, I've kind of written them all letters. I can't do it without them. If anybody out there has a business and wants to support a fighter, it means the world to us to be able to afford to get our, our partners with us and the right equipment. So uh, first and foremost, Maxwell Martial Arts Academy. Um, obviously, my husband, you know, he's fantastic and amazing and coach. Uh, Frankie's Body Shop, I wouldn't be here physically and mentally if it wasn't for Coach Frankie and, and the strength that he's given me. Um, like I said, Chris and Shanna were very crucial in this fight, but my whole team, they all came together. And coach Joey, um, you know, wrote everybody and was like, everybody, you know, pulls your, your weight around here so Taylor can have this opportunity. So I'm thankful to all them. Um, Valor Fight Challenge because 
you guys have given me this opportunity to fight more and get my record up there enough to be noticed. And so what you're doing for the community is fantastic. And, um, you know, you look me up, Taylor May Fitness TN on Instagram or Taylor Turner um, Athlete on Facebook. And I will have a whole list of all of my other local and faraway sponsors that, that have made it so good. So thank you all very much. And, and similarly, you made the match happen. I, I wouldn't be here without you and your faith in me. So I bow to you. Thank you, sir. Once again, this has been... <laughs> Once again, this has been Taylor Turner. Congratulations again, Taylor, on that huge victory at Bellator this past weekend. Look forward to catching up with you again soon, as soon as uh, we find out what the next step is. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll talk to y'all later. All right. Once again, thanks so much to Taylor Turner for joining us and congratulations once again on a huge win, uh, on a huge card, on a huge stage. Uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier for her and, and really uh, hope she can keep this this ball rolling uh, for sure. We're going to keep the ball rolling here, Justin. We are going to uh, go over this past weekend's fights. Uh, we had Bellator 222, no UFC this past weekend. So, uh, you know, we've got Bellator 222 went down to Madison Square Garden. As we just talked about, Heather uh, Hardy suffers uh, the loss to Taylor Turner first round, uh, the TKO. And uh, it was a pretty kind of it was kind of a star studded uh, undercard, uh, comparably speaking to some other uh, Bellator undercards. We saw Hobson Gracie get a, a quick first round submission. Uh, we saw uh, Lindsey Van Zant with a big upset over Rena Cabada. Uh, in the first round, the rear naked choke. We saw the uh, much hyped Valley Lareda defeat Lar- uh, Larkin Dash, who was a uh, the uh, the acclaimed Hooters uh, waitress. That she was getting a lot of attention on social media, but she's tough. She was like she brought it, and I was impressed. I think I'd like to have her down here on Valor. Uh, and then we saw Aaron Pico get knocked out. A uh, big flying knee and then finished off on the ground uh, by the uh, undefeated Adam Boritz, who climbs to 13 and up. Oh man, Aaron Pico drops to four and three. They didn't do this guy no favors uh, with the matchmaking here. Uh, Justin, thoughts on uh, any of these prelims? Um, obviously, you know, shout out to Taylor Turner. Um, that was huge. I think she was definitely the the biggest winner of the night, um, and the biggest loser of the night had to be Aaron Pico. Uh, like you said, you know, I mean, he was fighting um, an undefeated guy. Who's Aaron Pico was coming off of a loss. Um, you know, they they probably should have. Should have thrown him somebody um, for a guaranteed win, uh, but Adam Borks was his uh, game, and and you know he's got a bright future ahead of him too. And uh, I mean, you know, the knee—I don't know. Did you did you catch that fight? I saw the I saw the end. I saw the you know the clip of uh, of the finish, and uh, you know that 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 Borks guy's good. I mean, he's going to get a big fight now, and it, it's it's it really is odd they haven't given Pico someone to kind of start you know elevating himself back up because it's not like that's a practice that is not that is you know unheard of on Bellator cards. I'm not even hating on it, you know, but, but it's you know that you can see there's fights on this card, uh, you know, that would you know lead you to think that that was what was happening. Yeah, I mean, I think he's what two and two now. In his so, last four, and I, I think that he's only got four fights. No, Pico's four and three. Four and three. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Four and three. So I mean, you know, with seven fights, I mean, you can't be fighting, you know, killers right off the bat. I mean, well, I think Borix was eleven and zero or something. He is um, now. He was twelve and zero. Now he's thirteen and zero. Okay. Yeah. See, like that's just. Um, I think it's just too big of a too big of a step for for a young guy like that. I mean, still, you know, 
getting used to being in there and and competing and I don't know now they have a problem on their hands I think they they probably throwing a lot of money at the kid uh, he, I think he just made a good move to uh, to Jackson's uh, in Albuquerque um, but I don't know the thing he probably needs to take a few years he's still young so luckily you know with his his athletic background um, he takes a couple years off and really just hones his game in and, and uh, you know figures out some stuff you know he could still come back but I think he needs to needs to reevaluate for sure and then of course uh, moving on to the main card of Bellator 222 a lot of prospects on this card uh, we had uh, uh, I guess what some would call an upset a decision a unanimous decision over five rounds Kyoji Horiguchi climbs to 28 to over uh, Darian Caldwell who falls to 12 and three both uh, I heard you and Greg that was your lock of the week so uh, hopefully y'all didn't lose your ass too bad on that mm-hmm. one Archuleta uh, with a second round uh, knockout over Eduardo Dantes Archuleta climbs to 23 and one uh, you know Archuleta versus uh, Boritz that'd be two pretty impressive records against each other uh, and then Patrick Mix uh, stays undefeated, climbs to 11 and 0, beats uh, Ricky Bandejas, who's pretty tough. So that's a good win. And Dylan Danis uh, climbs to 2 and 0 as he submits um, Max Humphrey in the first round, and uh, Max Humphrey falls to 3 and 3. And that's more like the type of opponent you would think Aaron Pico would be looking for. Your thoughts on uh, the undercard of the main card? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you as far as. Uh... You know, it's weird that they they're giving Dennis the right fights, but uh, but but not Pico. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, Archuleta man, you know, Eduardo Dantes is a former champion. Um, you know, great striker, and and he was kind of pre- you know uh, pressing the the uh, the action there, and uh, wanted to step back and caught a caught a big right hand and and knocked him out cold, and it was it was uh it was nice. Horiguchi. Absolutely surprised me, man. Um, the first fight, I think Caldwell pretty much dominated, you know, and then Horgucci just kind of caught him. Um, but this size difference is, is you know, substantial. Um, and I thought that with the wrestling that, that Caldwell was going to be able to do it, but uh, the cardio just wasn't there in the long run. And, and Horgucci is top level, you know. Um, he's going to be in there till, till the end. So uh, I think that was a, it was a huge win for Horgucci too. Of course, the co-main event, we saw uh, Lyoto Machida continue his uh, his uh, resurgence, if you will, uh, as he uh, finishes uh, Chael Sonnen and retires Chael Sonnen, from what I hear, uh, with a with another one of those flying knees and then finishes him off on the ground in a second, early in the second. Uh, and then in the main event, we saw uh, the uh, Rory McDonald defeat uh, Neiman Gracie and uh, knock off his undefeated record. Five rounds, that one went unanimous decision for Rory McDonald. I believe he advances on to the, their tournament final. Yeah, uh, um, Leota, you know, I don't, I don't know if uh, how big of a win that is. Obviously, you know, Chill's uh, on, you know, I mean, he, Chill probably should have retired five or six years ago, but um, he just loves, loves to compete. And, uh, you know, Leota knew exactly what he was going to do. I mean, everybody kind of knows he's going to come in there and, and try to wrestle you. And he, he, he timed those takedowns and, and, uh, I think he landed a couple of those knees, um, you know, off the shot. Uh, Rory McDonald came back and, and looked good again. You know, uh, it's kind of tough to say cause Neiman's not necessarily the, the caliber opponent that, that we're used to Rory facing. Um, but Neiman is, is, is strong in his own right. Um, so I, 
I think it would be, uh, I think a fun fight to see next would be um, Dylan Dennis and, and Neiman or Dylan Dennis and, uh, oh man, what's his name? Uh, AJ Agazarm. Think oh, those, yeah, those yeah, yeah. Well, would be, would be good. Yeah, well, and, and Agazarm lost his debut, right? He's, oh, he's E-O in one? Yeah. Yeah, that's something that, uh, that would be still one that they could probably, you know, promote pretty heavily. That, that would be interesting, although surely they're wanting to get that guy like a definite win next, I would think. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, you know, the, the, the only thing about that is that nobody really loses in that fight. Whoever loses, it's 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 a loss, but, um, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it, they're both so early in their career and, um uh, but, but, you know, I'm with you. I think Agazon probably does need to get another win or two. But I heard Dennis talking a little shit about Naaman. So um, that would that, that, be fun to watch. And then, of course, uh, last night we had the uh, Dana White Contender Series. It was the very first week of that. We're going to try to get into that uh, this season because we've got a lot of Valor alumni and people uh, from this area competing on that series. And so we're really excited about a lot of those fights there were supposed to be five fights, but they lost one at the last minute. So there's only a four fight card. And, uh, you know, I'll just run through the uh, results of that real quick. Of course, we had uh, a big upset right off the rip. It was uh, two undefeated fighters, I believe. Uh, yeah, two undefeated fighters. It was Jorgen DeCastro, heavyweight, who uh, knocks out. Um, uh, he, he gets a knockout over uh, Alton Meeks, who was a very heavy favorite. Alton Meeks is like seven or eight hundred, minus seven or eight hundred. Uh, really heavy favorite, uh, very uh, decorated wrestler, but uh, proved himself to be extremely one-dimensional. Not comfortable on the feet at all against a big uh, monster and Jorgen DeCastro, who uh, pulls the upset there. And uh, betters really probably like that because they got him about five or six to one. Uh, then uh, Brandon Lochnane with a unanimous decision over Bill Algio. Hannah Goldie uh, from down in Florida. She stays undefeated, moves to 5-0 and with a unanimous decision over uh, Kaylee Robbins. And uh, then uh, the main event, Punahele Soriano stays undefeated, gets to 6-0 and with a unanimous decision over Jamie Pickett, who is out of the North Carolina area. Um, and uh, out of those, it was Soriano and the heavyweight, DeCastro, who got the, uh, who got the contracts. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on our first weekend of Contender Series? Um, a lot of decisions. Yeah. Like one of the things. One of the things about the Contender Series that uh, that I've noticed is you know you're getting a lot of finishes because you know they're they're fighting for uh for their career basically and uh, so this one was this one was some some long drawn out fights but um, like I said big upset there in in the beginning and um, at least at least one finish there. Of course, uh, that kind of wraps up this past weekend of action. Moving on to this upcoming week of action, uh, of course, we've got UFC and we've got a uh, – there is a Bellator card over in England. We're probably not going to touch a whole lot on that. And then, of course, there's another contender series uh, coming up this, this week. Not so many names on this upcoming week's contender series. is Tuesday. Uh, Miguel Baiza in the main event over Victor Reyna. Uh, looks like that's a, la- a last-minute replacement Reyna is. Um, and then also on that card, uh, Alton Cunningham uh, versus Tony Johnson. Not the Tony Johnson from Nashville, it appears. Uh, Justin Gonzalez versus Zach Zane, Michael Lombardo, uh, Kyle Dawkins, and uh, Miles Johns, who I believe is Brett Johns' brother. Uh, eight, you know, 
uh, taking on Richie Santiago. Uh, that'll be Tuesday. And then I think the week after that, we get to some familiar names. Uh, you will be seeing Shannon Young soon, uh, Chris Ocon. Uh, there's several guys on uh, that series that we'll have uh, a good interest in for sure. Maybe we get some of those guys uh, in here for interview, Justin. That's your project. How about that? Maybe we'll look like two, two or three weeks ahead, and we'll start getting some of these guys lined up. Yeah, we should be able to do that. All right. So, uh, also, uh, we've got UFC on ESPN Plus number 12. And that is going to uh, be in Greenville, South Carolina, just down the road. I don't think they were hooked up with just the, the greatest of cards for the UFC's Greenville, uh, South Carolina, or I think maybe even just South Carolina, period, uh, debut. Um, I don't know. It's comparable to that Nashville card, maybe, I would say. It's about on that same level. Uh, is the Korean zombie, uh, Chan Sung Young, uh, taking on Hanato uh, uh, Moicano in the main event, which should still be a pretty good fight. It's just not very, it's just not a, uh, you know, a star-studded fight. Uh, looking at this, it looks like we've got 12 fights, and it starts early. It starts at 4 o'clock with the prelims on ESPN2. Uh, uh, looking at, we'll go with the prelims first. Uh, Andre Ewell uh, leads off. He takes on Anderson Dos Santos, uh, who is a last-minute replacement for uh, for someone, I felt like. Maybe not. No, no, no. That's on down the line. Uh, Anderson Dos Santos is 20-7. and seven. Uh, Andre Ewell, 14-5. Duran Wynn, highly decorated wrestler. I think we've seen him like on some Titan shows and things like that. He's 5-0 uh, and oh, and, uh, and is taking on uh, Eric Spicely, uh, who is making his return to the UFC after he had washed out. Submission specialist Eric Spicely is the replacement for both Bruno Silva, who was replaced by Marcus Perez, and now finally Eric Spicely at the last minute there. Uh, Molly McCann, Meatball uh, from Ireland. Uh, she's with Connor's group there at SPG. Eight and two, taking on uh, Ariane Lipsky, who is 11 and four at Flyweight. <laughs> Alan Crowder, uh, North Carolina product, uh, who fought, uh, man, he fought the football player guy, the uh, Greg Hardy. Uh, he got a disqualification win. I think that's his claim to fame at this point. He is 10 and three and taking on a uh, hitter. <laughs> this, I think we faded this guy in the past and he ended up being like a badass. Uh, Yarzinho Roizenstroik, uh, undefeated 7 and 0, and he's, but he's got like a lot of, uh, I want to say his Gloria K1 experience. He's a very decorated kickboxer, heavyweights. Um, and then an uh, interesting one, Luis Pena, a uh, guy that we're very familiar with, former Valor champion of Silent Bob, or sorry, it's not Silent, Violent Bob, certainly not Silent. Uh, he's six and one, and moving back to 155 after a failed attempt at 145, taking on a, a blast from the past. This one was kind of a uh, eye opener. Matt Wyman, who hasn't fought in the UFC in like four or five years, uh, 16 and seven. Matt Wyman, but he's you know you can't sleep on that guy. You know he's a he's a grizzled vet, and uh, you know he's certainly if he comes in shape, then he certainly could give Luis all he wants. And then the uh, the main prelim, the, the feature, if you will, Dan Ige, uh, 11 and two. And uh, he'll be fighting at featherweight against Kevin Aguilar, 17-1. That should be a pretty good scrap. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on these uh, prelims? As far as uh, talent goes, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of talent on this card. It's just like you say, it's just not a lot of name recognition, a lot of, uh, you know, smaller records, but um, a lot of a lot of prospects coming through. Uh, Darian Wynn, um, he's dropping down to 185 for this fight. He fought at heavyweight. For a little while he's a short stocky wrestler trains with dc um be be nice to see his uh his debut there i mean he's he's hyped big time um i'm looking forward to seeing molly mccann uh like you said wyman hasn't fought 
anywhere in since like 2014. I think his last fight was November 2014. Before that, it was um, like maybe January of 2013. He, he just, when I first started training, I remember Wyman was was you know on the scene pretty regularly. You know, fighting two or three times a year, and um, like 2010, 2011, he started just taking one or two fights here or there, and uh, we haven't seen him in in five years. So where he's where he's coming from is. It's kind of interesting. I haven't haven't heard anything from him or or anything like that. But um, best of luck to to Luis in uh, figuring out what to do with somebody who hasn't fought in five years. Um, and like you said, Inge and Aguilar should be a should be a, a a barn burner. And then of course that brings us to the main car. That'll be on ESPN Plus. Uh, we've got Ashley Yoder taking on uh, Yuri Kondo at 115. We've got Alessio DiCirico, the Italian, 12-2, uh, uh, middleweight fight against Kevin Holland, who's 15-4. and four. Uh, Andrea Lee, KGB, uh, taking on Monta- uh, Monta- Montana De La Rosa at 125. And that's one underdog I like, Montana De La Rosa. Um, the uh, odds on her, uh, she's nearly plus 2-1. to one, and, and I... I mean, I think this is a really close fight that with those kind of odds, I would certainly take a chance on Montana there. Uh, Brian Barberina, Bam Bam, trained some at Shield Systems here in Knoxville. And, uh, man, hoo-wee, that last time he fought, it was crazy. Like, it was rock and sock and robots. He's a fan favorite, great style, uh, you know, very entertaining. Taking on Randy Brown, um, who I think came off of the Looking for a Fight series up in the Northeast New England area. Yeah, 170. And then we've got John Lineker uh, in the co-main event taking on Rob Font. Uh, Lineker is a last-minute replacement for Cody Stamen. Uh, he's going to be a tough one. It's a, it's a quick turnaround for Lineker, and that's a tough matchup style-wise for Font. Um, and then in the main event, Hinata Moicano uh, takes on uh, the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung, and that's at 145. And again, it's a fight that should be exciting. I don't think it'll suck by any means, but, uh, you know, just – a little light on star power. Uh, your thoughts on this uh, overall main card? In my opinion, I think there's going to be some good fights. I'll watch it. I, I do think it'll be entertaining. Uh, but nothing that I just feel like really makes a whole lot of difference in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, no, it's uh, nothing that it's going to change the landscape uh, anytime soon, for sure. But but some guys that are, you know, guys and girls that, that definitely, um, you know, in the next couple of years uh, could be, you know, top contenders. Um, I look for uh, Kevin Holland to, to pick up a, an easy win. Uh, I'm with you on the De La Rosa being a, a super live underdog. I like Andrea Lee a lot, but De La Rosa, every time she comes out, she just gets better and better and uh, shows us something different every time. Barbarina, man, he's a, he's a wild one. I love watching him fight. Just, he's just an animal. He, he will take just an unreal amount of punishment and just keep coming forward. Uh, last time we saw Randy Brown, he got knocked out. By Nico Price. Nico Price was elbowing him from the bottom. I don't know if you remember that or not, but he was doing well in the fight. But um, he got he was in Nico's uh, guard, I believe, and um, Nico knocked him out with elbows from the bottom. That was kind of wild. Uh, big change for uh, for Rob Font. Um, you know, taking on John Lineker now. It's uh, you know it's, uh, similar uh, similar kind of a uh, you know, wrestler, um, you know, going to just be pressuring forward the whole time. Uh, the big difference is that Lineker can can also drop bombs. Um, so as he's pressuring forward, you know, he's going to be throwing heavy, heavy hands. And, um, you know, Font's going to need to, to uh, 
be aware of that and uh, you know try to stay at range as best as possible. Chan Sung Jung and uh, Hinata Moyakana is going to be probably a, a an amazing fight. Honestly, uh, you know the Korean zombie he just keeps coming. He's technically sound and um, Moyakana is is an amazing striker uh, and he's you know super super high level on the ground too. So. Um, but I, I, I kind of expect to see a, a real high-level standing uh, affair in this one. And uh, I kind of hate it for, for Chan Sung Jung. I'd, I'd like to see him come back and get a win. But I think uh, Moy Khan is just going to be a little too much in that one. And that will be the UFC on ESPN Plus, number 12, Moicano versus Korean Zombie. That is Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m. It will be going down. Uh, before we uh, call it quits for the week, I'm going to touch just oh so quickly on the Bellator London car because it actually is looking at it. It is a little more meaty than uh, most of these Bellator European cards are. Just looking at the top three fights, we see James Gallagher return. He is nearly uh, five, five to one hundred, or sorry, five to one favorite over Jeremiah Libiano. Uh, Eric Silva, Paul Daly could be interesting. You know, if we see the Eric Silva of old uh, show up, then he could make that one uh, certainly interesting. And he's in uh, like plus 260. I, I'd have to take a flyer on that probably. And, and then the main event, uh, Gegard Musasi, pretty sizable favorite, uh, anywhere from five to six to one over Rafael Lovato Jr., who is uh, another kind of live dog to me at those kind of numbers. But uh, anyway, here, uh, just uh, quick thoughts on Bellator London. You know, as far as as far as name value goes, and um, I guess it's just uh, you know people that people that you recognize. Uh, this is a, a better card than than what the UFC is bringing. Uh, you got you have a lot a lot more names on this one. Um, is it Eric Silva fighting Paul Daly? Yeah, yeah, Eric Silva, Paul Daly. Okay, I, I didn't know that until just I just now pulled this card up, and that's. That could be a hell of a fight, man. Yeah, yeah. If Eric Silva shows up like he has performed in the past, who knows? You know, he's certainly not the most consistent guy. But if he does, it could be uh, really good. Yeah, he's kind of on and off. Did he win his last fight? Oh, uh, man, you would ask me that. I feel like he did. Uh, I'll tell you right think, now, though. So, I'm, I think, I'm pretty so, no, I, I think he got beat. Oh, did he? I feel like I feel like it was his, his was first fight like in the Bellator. Can't remember. It was for, it was for Bellator. I know that. I was thinking uh, he lost his debut at Bellator, but anyway, if he lost last time, then this would be a hell of a fight. You know, he he usually fights great and then sucks, and then fights great and then sucks. So, um, James Gallagher is is somebody to watch out for. Um, uh, Melvin Manhoof is is you know that's going to be a, a knockout. I'm sure. Charlie Ward. Um, Let's see who else is on here. I mean, in the main event, man, I don't know that there's a better middleweight in the world than than Gegard Mousasi right now. Honestly, I think that he could he could take uh, the UFC title at this point, and um, you know, that's, I think it's a tall order for Lovato. Uh, just being, you know, basically just a jiu-jitsu specialist, um, Mousasi's. You know he's he's a a true vet. He's been around forever. He's fought everywhere. He's fought everybody. Um, so I think that uh, Lovato is, is probably going to be in trouble here. I counted Musasi out uh, against Rory, and that's probably the last time I ever do that. 
Um, looking, but, uh, looking just just for the record, uh, yes, indeed, uh, Eric Silva did lose his last five. It was a decision loss to the undefeated Yaroslav Amosov, who's 20-0. But if I can recall, he wrestled him, and I don't think we ever worry about Paul Daly wrestling. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's going to be fun. I mean, especially with Eric, Eric's, like I said, I mean, I, I'm not looking at his record still, but I, I almost feel like he's literally almost gone win-loss, win-loss for like the past six years. Yeah. And yeah. when he when he wins, I mean, he's a, he's a specimen. Like, you know, he's he's a legit striker, and on the ground, he's super, super nasty. Uh, he just never can pull it all together, you know, and string together some wins, but it's, it's going to probably be a, a scrap. I mean, I, I think Eric Silva may end up taking uh, daily down and then just trying to get the submission just to secure a win um, since he's coming off that loss, and Paul Daly's, you know, his left hand is always dangerous. Uh, but that'll be, it'll be a hell of a fight. I mean, I, I, I am... You know, I got a busy, busy weekend, and so I'm probably going to be catching both these events after the fact. But um, if I caught one live, it would probably be it would probably be this one. No doubt, no doubt. That is what we've got coming up this uh, upcoming week. We will uh, wrap it up from here, I guess, man. It's uh, you know we, we've gone for an hour or so. Had a great conversation with uh, Taylor Turner, and uh, you know thank thank you so much to her for for joining us and taking some time out. Congratulations to her once again. And uh, we will we'll get back at it next week, man. Uh, we will we'll do recaps on uh, this UFC card, uh, the Bellator card as well, and then uh, have a look at the upcoming uh, contender series uh, event. And and there's another UFC event too. I, I want to say Dos Santos is fighting. Uh, like yeah, it's uh, Dos Santos and um, Ghana. Yeah, in Ghana. Yeah, that'll be all right. Yeah, it'll, <laughs> it'll be interesting. Somebody, I mean, somebody's going to sleep for sure. Right. We'll do previews on all that good stuff uh, next week, man. Thanks so much to my uh, co-host as well, Justin Watson, for the time. Until uh, next week, I'm Tim Boy signing out. Valor Hour later. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Coming up on this week's edition of the MMA Report podcast, you're going to hear my conversations with Calvin Cater, Rob Font, Eric Anders, and Alton Cunningham. Plus, we look back at Bellator 222, the Dana White Contender Series. Dana White making a statement, our reaction to that. A preview of UFC Greenville, Bellator in London, Jason Oh my gosh, this play, this Bellator card's all over the place. We have so much more uh, on the show. Plus, we'll look ahead to week two of Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Of course, you can always listen to the MMA Report podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.